Alhamdulillah 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu may yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa nashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا والصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم My beloved brothers and sisters we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. In whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. In whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more, and many more. Kathiran kathira. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you to Loyola, as, and for those who are returning, I want to welcome you back to Loyola as we are about to begin a brand new school year. And what seems to be the case this year, in contrast to last year, is that already I'm feeling a whole lot of energy from among the students. When we began the school year last year, especially among the Muslim students last year, it seems as though everyone began the school year exhausted. Because think back to what life was like two summers ago. Not this past summer, but the summer before that. And there's violence upon violence upon violence upon violence. And that isn't to say that violence has decreased. That isn't to say that life has gotten easier. But it seems as though we are getting, inshallah, stronger in dealing with all the things that we've been facing. Nevertheless, you and I are in a protected space. Whether we speak about, about the Musalla in particular, or Loyola in general. For those who are, who are new to Loyola, I can say from experience, having been teaching here for nine years and beginning my fourth year as chaplain, that Loyola does go out of its way to take care of the Muslim population. In fact, when a lot of the bad things were happening this past year, especially at the time of the election, the president herself was expressing concern to make sure that the Muslim students were okay. And all as the older students can tell you, that my office is always open for, for everyone, inshallah, and you're always safe in campus ministry or in my office or in Musalla or with me, except maybe one of the two students who I like to tease no matter where I see them. In any case, my beloved brothers and sisters, a few points to think about, especially in terms of where we are in the calendar and where we are physically. In terms of the calendar, you and I know that Hajj is coming up this coming week. And Hajj is one being one of our five pillars, being one of our most sacred events of the entire year. Our tradition does not have very many rituals. You know, Salah has its steps. Fasting does not have very many steps to it. Zakah does not have very many steps to it. But Hajj is ritual after ritual after ritual. Although the core of Hajj 
is to be on this one field, Arafat, on this one particular day of the calendar, at least once in your life, between this hour and that hour. That's the core of Hajj. But then if we add the other, the other practices before and after Hajj, whether we speak of the Jamarat, whether we speak of the Tawaf around the Kaaba and such, what else do we see? Of the different meanings of the Hajj, meaning why are we there? We're there out of obedience to Allah. That's the primary reason. But you and I know the many things that we teach in terms of what are the functions of Hajj. What are you doing when you're, when you're in the Hajj and you're dressing your ihram? You're in a dry run or a rehearsal for the Day of Judgment, which will be a day where all of us will be in crowds, headed to begin our judgment. What else is taking place in terms of the Hajj, in terms of what we are commemorating? We're commemorating the story of Ibrahim and family. And then by extension, we are, we are commemorating the story of Prophet Muhammad and his companions. And what else are we commemorating? We often like to tell the world that in this event, the largest annual event on the globe, is that all of us, because we're dressed the same way, wealth is, dis- wealth is hard to find among the people by looking at them, meaning everyone is dressed the same way. So the rich and the poor are together, are praying together. The, the, uh, the people of all races are praying together. And for those who had the privilege to go on Hajj, You and I know what it is like to pray with three million people all at exactly the same time praying together. Or at the end of the day of Arafat, when it becomes completely silent because everyone is making their prayers. It's a silence that I don't think I've ever experienced in my life before or since. Or when you're at Muzdalifah that night and you're looking at the crowd of people in this long, long field that's about as wide as a football field, but goes as far or farther than your eye can see. And all you see are people throughout the entire way, meaning it is further than what your eye can register. But there's also an aspect of Hajj that's very relevant for this day today here at Loyola that we don't often speak about. Think about the different practices, especially in terms of the Umrah, like, who built the Kaaba? It was a father and a son. And then when you run back and forth or hustle back and forth between Safa and Marwa, whose story are you commemorating? You're commemorating the story of a mother looking for nourishment for her child. And what am I saying? That also built into the Hajj, in addition to commemorating the story of the Prophet wasallam and Prophet Ibrahim wasallam and the way we all get unified in terms of class and preparation for the Day of Judgment is that the Hajj is also a commemoration of family. And for many of the parents who are, who are leaving their kids with us or with me, this is especially an important point that you and I as an Ummah are a family. Even if you look at the word Ummah, it comes from the same root that mother, Umm, comes from that all of us are part of this family to the point that we even use the word brother and sister to speak of each other. But for all of the younger people here, I'll tell you something speaking as a parent who is also trying to convince his daughter to come to Loyola because I'll have free tuition, but she doesn't want to, but that's beside the point. But the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that speaking as a parent, there is nobody who will love you the way your mother and father do. 
All of us know that, but I'm saying this being on the other side of it. Okay? There is no one who will love you the way your mother does. There is no one who will ever love you the way your father does. I hope that text message is calling people to Jamal. So, so the point is, think about this also today. Because this is also in the story of Hajar looking for nourishment for her child. And think what else is in the lesson of Hajar looking for nourishment for her child. Because this is also relevant because I can look at most of you and assume that most of you are going, most of you young people have the exact same concerns on your mind that all, your, all the rest of your Muslim peers have, which are the three M's. Med school, <laughs> marriage, and meat, Zabiha meat. So the point I'm saying, think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters, but a second lesson from Safa and Marwa is that when this mother is looking for nourishment for her child, how did the conversation begin? Ibrahim alayhi salam is leaving them there, he's turning around, and then she says to him, are you leaving us here with no food and water? And he doesn't respond. Are you leaving us here with nothing? And he doesn't respond. And then she asks him, did Allah tell you to leave us here? And he said, yes. And she said, then Allah Ta'ala will take care of us. And what is she saying? That our risk is here somewhere. I just have to find it. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, for those of you who are on course, inshallah, to go to med school? Just a day or two ago, we had a number of students here who took their MCAT, some of your older students here. But why are we pursuing our careers? You know, the purpose of education is to grow, but the purpose of education is also so you can get your income, so you can get your job, is so that you can secure your risk. And keep this point in mind that your risk is there waiting for you. You have to find it, because what happened with Hajar? It didn't start raining upon her. Uh, Manna and Salwa didn't start falling upon her. She had to get up and go look for it. And then she's running back and forth between the two hills and is looking, looking, and she comes back to her child to make sure her child is okay. And then you and I know what happens. Her child is crying. According to some narrations, he's scratching his foot on the ground. According to other narrations, she sees a man, an angel standing there. But then the well of Zamzam, the pool of Zamzam gets unleashed. Now think about this. It gets unleashed exactly where she was sitting. If she sat there only making dua, the well would never have been unleashed. But she had to get up and go look back and forth in addition to making her dua. And it was her son whose feet then unleashed the well. And so what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, going to the other relevance here being at Loyola, being at a Jesuit university, that you are here to work that you and I come from a tradition that demands excellence from, from each other and excellence from within ourselves, itqan. That is our tradition. Excellence in terms of your academics, excellence in terms of your conduct, excellence in your character, excellence in the way you present yourself. This is what is being expected of you because of our deen. I think a lot of people are getting invited to Juma today with these text messages. So the point I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, is keep this point in mind as we are beginning the school year. Okay. Those of you who are new students here, figure out who are the top students in your class, and that is your competition. Okay. 
And if you need help, we have plenty of resources, mashallah, throughout this university to give you help, whether it's in study skills, whether it's in writing, or whether it's in mental health, or whether it's in matters of deen. We have tremendous resources here, mashallah, because this is also the tradition of the Jesuits. Who are the Jesuits? The Society of Jesus. These are people who have decided to dedicate themselves fully to service to Jesus, alayhi salam. Meaning, it is a tradition of the Jesuits of excellence. So you're in a place where your dean is calling you to excellence, and you are in a place where the university is expecting that from you. But then there's also other challenges. When you're beginning college, for many of our young people, this will be your first time being free, first time being outside of the umbrella of your parents. And you have two directions you can take. One direction, which is the one I don't recommend, is the direction where you start to explore and play. Okay? No one's going to stop you. I'm a professor. If, teach, if students don't show up for class, I don't go looking for them. Okay? That is their responsibility because every single one of you is a grown adult. So you can play, and all of those temptations are available on campus. Whether we speak about relationships, whether we speak about drugs, whether we speak about even just playing video games all day long, okay? everything is available on campus. That's one approach you can take. The other approach you can take is also an approach of exploration, which is an exploration of learning about yourself in your relationship with Allah Ta'ala and figuring out how, how to improve ourselves. All the older students will tell you that every single Jummah Khutbah I begin, except for today, every single Jummah Khutbah I begin, I ask the same question. Part of the reason I ask the same question is because it fills up time in the khutbah. But part of the reason I ask the same question is because it's relevant, and that's when I ask, what has changed about you? So as we're beginning the school year, look at yourself today. What is the condition of your heart in terms of your prayers, both in terms of quantity and quality? What is the condition of your disposition that we are taught to give charity every day, all day, with every joint? And then we're also taught even a smile is sadaqah. But then when we come to Jummah, even with a wonderful khutbah like this, nobody smiles. Still. Anyway, my beloved brothers and sisters, what am I saying here? Look at your condition even in your sadaqah. Look at your condition even in your fasting. And on that note, I urge everyone to fast at least the day before Eid, the day of Arafah. Although we are encouraged in these first 10 days of Zulhijjah to do as many good deeds as you can. Okay. And look at where you are today, and look at where you want to be a year from now. Okay. Because the only thing that is stopping you is your own effort, or lack of effort. Just as the same is the case with your academics, the same is the case with your personal, develop, the personal development, and the same is the case with your Islamic development. You are the one who is in control of your destiny. Okay. No one else is going to chase after you. I would, but I have so many other students to chase after also. Okay. So having said that, we begin with the best place, which is to first ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. And alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. 
Ramadan. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So just a friendly reminder, my beloved brothers and sisters, that number one, you are part of two families. You are part of your blood family with a special type of love in that relationship. And you are part of this ummah, this other family that has, has its own special type of relationship. And I am here both professionally and as your brother to help you in whatever way I can. And so make use of me in whatever way I can. At the very least, I have 20 more, 20 plus more years experience of life that I can share my own experiences with. But as you'll see throughout the course of the year, I'll be offering many different courses outside of the academic courses that I'm teaching, whether it's an exploration of the Quran, whether it's an exploration of the Prophet, peace be upon him, or of Rumi, or of other thinkers. We've done courses in the past on Iqbal and Socrates and feminism and, and, and secularism, et cetera, et cetera. So keep an eye out for those announcements. And try to connect yourself in some capacity with the MSA. What will happen with many of the students who might feel that they're being judged as though the MSA is a number of super pious people? Nobody's being judged. Okay? If you feel that you're being judged, you're actually the one who's passing the judgment. Okay? Meaning, I am ensuring for all of you, every single one of you is welcome to all of our events. Okay? And if you want to feel more comfortable, you can stand next to me. And I'll just crack jokes the whole time. But the point is, my beloved brothers and sisters, also connect with your Muslim peers. Okay? But don't limit yourself to your Muslim peers. MSA is one organization. Get involved with other organizations on campus. I used to write for the school paper. I used to be involved in a number of different activities. I'm urging you to do all the same. Okay? So having said that, I seek prayers and blessings upon each and every one of you, especially for the parents who have to go through the difficulty of entrusting your children with us. And inshallah, we will take care of your children. And by all means, you're more than welcome to contact me anytime. You just have to look up on Google, Loyola Muslim, Loyola Muslim Chaplain, and you'll find my contact information very, very easily. And for all the rest of us, uh, young brothers and sisters, I have higher expectations of you than I did in the past years. Each year, I want us to be better and better. So let me remind you of the one who is the best of all of us, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What does Allah Ta'ala tell us in Surah Al-Ahzab about him? Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.